Hey, welcome to Crocker and Cone. That's Eric Crocker. I'm Grant Cone. Been a few weeks. Crocker took the family to. Did you guys drive to Disneyland? Yeah, man, we drove drove to California Disneyland, uh, California Adventures. That's that good stuff. I've never done the cross country drive. Is it fun? I like it, man. You get to know your wife a little bit. <laughs> How'd that go? We're so busy, you know. We're so busy. We got all our different things going on. She just graduated nursing school. You know, I do oh, podcasting and training athletes. And obviously, I mean, we talk. I mean, we communicate very well. But on that drive, you have no choice but to talk. You know, so uh, I always enjoy it. I always try to put on like a very long Spotify playlist because me and my wife drive down to LA. We've done that drive dozens of times, and we don't like the same music, so it's kind of we do have we end up having to talk a lot. We talk. Though, we watch bit. shows. Oh, okay. We okay, the, you got we kids in the Netflix back, right? On. Huh? You got kids in the back, no? Yeah, they, they got their movies. My wife has like the little headrest uh, TV things. So they watch their separate movies. And my wife and I, we got the little Netflix propped up. So it actually makes the drive go by faster. See, me and my wife have been together with no kids since 2009. So we've had a lot of time to talk. But I feel you. I'm just saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so look, a lot has happened since we last talked. Um, a lot happened yesterday. Uh, we were just in the spaces, in the Twitter spaces. About an hour ago, if you were in there, uh, shout out to you guys. We talked a little bit about this stuff, but we want to do it again because I'm still confused as to what it all means. The arm fatigue thing isn't going away. It was reported. I forget who reported it a few weeks ago. People laughed at him. But now Colin Ka Cowherd and Mike Silver said they're hearing the same thing. No one explains what it means. But apparently Trey Lance gets arm fatigue. I guess he throws hard, his arm gets sore, tired, and Colin Coward even said he needs days off, which I've never seen. But I guess he's around the team a whole lot more than I am. What do you make of this very cryptic, weird report? Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. You know, what, what exactly does that mean? I right. talked about it with uh, Dak Prescott and mm -hmm. how there, you know, he had that at one point during training camp. He had to take a few days off. I believe it was last year. Then he opened up the season throwing 60 passes. So what exactly it means, I still I don't know. And, you know, did it hold Trey Lance out of practice? You say you didn't see that happen. I'm curious to see if the team kind of says otherwise. I don't know. But I don't know exactly what it means or how it hinders him for an actual season. I feel a little bad for Trey Lance because it seems like he's been put in the situation. You know, he drafted to this excellent team, but there's high expectations and you have to replace this winner. And it seems like there's nothing. He can't do anything right. He can't do anything well enough. If he throws a ball, people will be like, well, spiral wasn't perfect. You know, like It's almost like people are inventing new things to hold against him. And that's just going to be life for him until he proves that he's a winner. Because Jimmy happens to be a winner. And in this organization, too, I think a lot of people, I, I still think it's a controversial move the quarterback switch in the organization. And I think you have people who are all in with it, maybe the head coach and people who are freaking skeptical that are sitting back like his arm sore. That wasn't even a spiral. It's like, I don't know what this kid has to prove before he gets the whole organization in his corner. I think he's probably going to have to win a lot, which is unreasonable. You know, I, I think that most people are typically skeptical of young quarterbacks but we're definitely hearing it a lot more when it comes to this 49ers situation. I think mainly because of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Most teams give their young guys, the fan base, the media, time to show what they have, time to grow, time to see what areas that, you know, they're able to improve in. Okay, this is where he's at. Can he take a year or two leap? 
Trey Lance is one of the first guys that is kind of he's kind of written off. It's almost like a guilty until proven innocent type yes. thing with yep. Trey Lance, Absolutely. where he's guilty of everything that comes with being a high draft pick from a small school with little experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And until he goes out there and proves people wrong, it's like he just can't do any right. And that's kind of a lot of how it's been uh, covered really since they drafted him. And what's crazy is it's always these people that aren't at practice, that aren't around the team, that know the most about him. Like, I was just there watching OTAs in minicamp. These two guys, Colin Cowherd and Mike Silver, were too busy to come to Santa Clara. But they heard that his arm gets sore. I was there. He tore the Niners' defense apart. Now, Bosa didn't play. Fred Warner didn't play. But neither did Debo and Kittle. And what was presented in front of him, he tore it apart. He was great. And you ask Anyone on the team, D'Amico Ryans, Trent Williams, they're all like, yeah, man, he's really accurate. He's way better. He's taking control of the team. But again, people who aren't in the building have these sources that hear something about his arm is sore. To me, again, I, I don't really care about the arm fatigue. I've never seen it actually hinder him or manifest itself. If it does in the future, I'll watch for it. But to me, the, the, the big takeaway here is there's someone leaking information. I mean, I, I assume this is coming from the organization. Maybe it's coming from... Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, I have no idea, but it feels like someone's leaking information. A big thing with this uh, regime was that they don't leak. Well, what the hell is this? I don't know. Yeah, there definitely leaks in the building. They got to figure that out. You know, Kyle Shanahan, those guys talked about when they were even bringing on John Lynch. And John Lynch wanted to wait and see, like, can we get through this process without any information being leaked? Nothing got leaked. Uh, as of late, though, it seems like there's been all kind of leaks. Uh, about this situation with this quarterback. And we've heard it from, uh, you know, whether it's different sources, uh, different people. You know, I've heard different things from different people. And uh, there are a lot of leaks going on right now, you know, as it pertains to the young guy. And I almost feel bad because, like, he probably just wants to play. Let me just go out there and play. Let me see where I need to improve. Let me improve on those things. Let me work hard. And instead, it's every time you turn on the TV when people talk about this situation, it's almost tearing down a, a, a young quarterback before he even truly gets the chance to prove himself. Now, luckily for the 49ers, they have Trey Lance, who Kyle Shanahan has talked about, like, this kid doesn't care about what you're saying in the media. Mm -hmm. He came out and said it. I don't care about what y'all are saying. I'm going to go out there, do me, work hard. And I think uh, Kyle Shanahan probably really likes that about him. Yes. Um, at the same time, Kyle is naturally conservative and hesitant, and the fact that he won't do what Andy Reid did for Mahomes, just take that leap of faith and say, he's my guy, he's good, he's ready, I'm getting rid of my uh, – previous quarterback now and since he won't do that he opens up the speculation well what's the real reason that Kyle Shanahan the real reason is that Kyle Shanahan is scared he doesn't know what's going to happen and I don't think he wants to take that that gamble he just wants to be able to have a safety net I think that's what's happening I could be wrong he just he's not as naturally aggressive as Andy Reid maybe I'm wrong but in protecting himself and the team in his eyes He's opening up all the speculation. Oh, they don't really like Trey Lance. It's yeah. something about Trey Lance. No, it's something about Kyle. It's Kyle's nature. That's the way I look at it. Well, and I know we're getting to RG3's yeah. uh, comments, but there's a lot to be said about what he was saying, about the conserv conservativeness of the Shanahan's. And he kind of lumped in Mike Shanahan in that as well. Yeah. But I, I said it on the spaces. If you... If you have a plan B, you're not all in on plan A. And if you're not all in on plan A, 
then plan A is not, it's just not going to work, or at least not to the extent of what you want. I have this podcast where I talk about entrepreneurship sometimes, and this guy was like, well, talk about the high percentage of people that don't make money off of it. And it's like, well, it's hard to do that because I don't know who's all in on it. Did they just say, okay, I'm going to do this for a year, and if it doesn't work, okay, I'm just going to scrap it, and I never made money? Or did they say, you know what, one year, two years, three years, and I'm going to see where it goes, and I'm going to really give this thing a shot, and I'm going to really go all in on it. And a lot of times, that's when you see the results. So Kyle Shanahan is banking on seeing these immediate, this immediate success with Trey Lance. And unless I 100% feel like I'm going to get that immediate success, well, I'm not going to do it. If that's the mindset, then he's going about this all wrong. And you'll never see Trey Lance reach kind of maybe the peak that he potentially uh, can. So I think that's, I that's, there's a big issue with that, the conservative uh, mindset of Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, I, the, the Shanahan's Mike and Kyle, neither one has ever really developed a young quarterback f- from the ground up. And I think p- maybe some of that has to do with how conservative they are, uh, how demanding they are, and maybe how reluctant they are to give to show confidence in the guy. It seems like Andy Reid empowered Donovan McNabb from day one and did the same. I mean, not day one from Mahomes, but when it was time, it was time. And Kyle's a little more hesitant. We'll see. I want to talk about what RG3 said about Trey Lance because RG3 is a very interesting analyst considering, I mean, in terms of what he has to say about the Shanahan's because they had a famous falling out. And in a lot of ways, RG3 might hold some things against him. Like, dude, you ruined my career. But he doesn't seem to hold a grudge when he talks about Kyle. He seems like he has some admiration for him. And he was very eloquent in explaining why Trey Lance is exactly the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's need Shanahan's need Shanahan needs. Would you explain this to the viewers? What he said? Yeah, essentially he was saying that it's all great when you call a play up and it's executed that way and it's awesome. But what about the times where maybe the defense calls a great play against whatever you schemed up offensively? Do you have a player that can bail you out in those type of situations? And he felt like the more talented quarterback on the 49ers was Trey Lance as opposed to you know Jimmy Garoppolo and he brings a different element and a different dynamic that can really help uh, Kyle Shanahan get over the hump but he also kind of alluded to again the conservative nature of Kyle Shanahan and said something very uh, very intriguing that I think we kind of know but he said Kyle Shanahan and this is this is RG3's words says he's a control freak Oh, no doubt. He wants every, yeah, he said he's a control freak and he wants things done a very, very, very specific way. And I think you talked about Andy Reid. Yeah. I think when you have a quarterback that is a playmaker, mm-hmm. you kind of have to like, let no. him do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a coach that can't, it was like, well, okay, RG3, you had this 76 yard touchdown run, but you didn't throw this. 10 yard out and he's drilling them because I get it that the, the, the 10 yard out is going to be more consistent than the 76 yard touchdown run. But when you have a guy that brings that dynamic, you kind of got to let him do his thing and make his plays. Andy Reid has done an amazing job of allowing Patrick Mahomes to be that guy. Mahomes isn't perfect. Mahomes threw in one year, like 20 interceptable passes. He will randomly miss passes. I was watching him on uh, a game on t- television, it was a primetime game. He like threw a fourth down ball into the ground. Uh, yeah. We saw him run around in the AFC Championship game and do some weird stuff. But we also know the big it's time ability that yeah. he brings that even gets them to that point. A lot of why the Chiefs will consistently be in the mix is because of their quarterback. And 
I would go even a step further. It's because of Andy Reid and his willingness to say, you know what, I'm I'm going to let this guy do him. And can Kyle Shanahan get over himself and how he's been and say, you know what, I, this guy is not Jimmy Garoppolo. This guy is not going to drop back and just get the ball out right now. I like those things in my offense, but I have to let a guy do what we saw from Trey Lance, right, against the Houston Texans, ball uh, backed up against the goal line, got double slants on coming from the left. He could throw it. Jimmy would have threw it. Yeah. And he said, you know what, mm, not going to throw it. I don't feel comfortable throwing that. Moves around, rolls out to the right, hits Brandon Ayuk for a first down. You don't want him to make a living off of that, but you also have to encourage him to be that guy so that he doesn't tense up and play tight. And until that happens, you're going to see Trey Lance. Maybe that's why some of the balls are a little wobbly. He's probably playing tight because he's like, dang, I got this control freak behind me. Also, um, <clears throat> Mike Silver and Colin Cowherd said that, you know, Jimmy's more willing to – throw the balls into tight spaces than Trey. And that's why Jimmy's a better fit with the 49ers. No, no, no. <clears throat> Jimmy has to throw the ball into tight spaces because he, he constricts the field. He won't throw outside the numbers. He won't throw deep. What Trey's going to do is spread out the defense. You have to account for every inch of the, uh, of the field. And so he's not going to have to throw into tight spaces as much. That's why he didn't throw picks in college. It's like, you're going to knock him for, for not being reckless. I don't like that about Jimmy Garoppolo's game. He's reckless. He forces passes. He doesn't read defenses. He predetermines throws. Lance is going to protect the ball. And if he throws less balls into, into traffic, good. I don't understand that <laughs> at all. Well, Chris Sims talked about that, right? Chris yeah. Sims said, man, and this was after the Texans game. Chris Sims had been someone who, I don't want to say was critical of Trey Lance, but he had his analysis of where Trey Lance was coming out of college, and he didn't care for it as much. He watched him against Houston Texans and said, I probably will go with the kid week 18 because he makes your offense more dangerous and less risky. And he's like, you're kind of holding on to your seat while watching Jimmy play because while Jimmy does throw a lot of tight window throws and that is really good, it's also, you you have very small window for error. I, I, I did this fake um, quarterback uh, 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 pro day. My guy, Greg Pinelli, he's a quarterback coach. He was, he put on a pro day for this quarterback at University of Kentucky. And coming back through, we trained some kids and whatnot. And then I always tell him, hey man, I can throw the ball around. So he puts me through this little pro day. And one thing I noticed, man, when you're throwing over the middle, it is tough. Because if you miss by a little bit, you're yeah. leading the receiver. Now a ball can potentially get tipped, go off your hands. You can overthrow a guy. And I don't have a safety out there because I'm throwing routes on air. But if I barely overthrow a guy because he's moving across and it's a little off, well, that's an interception. And if you watch Jimmy Garoppolo, he very interesting. He the way he wins and what makes him great as a you know in in the college offense are the same things that makes you pull your hair out because if he misses a little bit. It, it, it can be a very bad play. And he does. You talked about earlier, he kind of constricts the offense. And he's very good in a certain area. Well, Trey Lance, well, I don't have to be great over the middle. And I can throw those passes sometimes. We saw him throw that a couple of really tight window uh, slants. Matter of fact, I mean, we've seen it from Trey Lance. Preseason against the Chargers. What did he do? He missed on one, a little out in front, went off his news hands, got intercepted. But we also saw him come back throwing at Travis Benjamin. Boom. I mean, timing, rhythm, over the middle, tight tight throw, perfect spiral, touchdown. Threw another touchdown over the middle um, on the little spot route to Sanu for a touchdown in that Chargers game. We saw him against the Houston Texans. Throw the slant to Brandon Ayuk. Boom. Hit him in stride. Nice catch and run. So he has it. He just doesn't have to make a living there where Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, is not his strength throwing outside the numbers. 
coming back to what RG3 said, he basically says it's a big step for Kyle. This is, this, is, this is growth for him to acknowledge that he needs this kind of quarterback, and I agree. I feel like it's something in the family. Because if you think about Mike, Mike has three rings. One is a coordinator, two is a head coach with Steve Young and John Elway. This guy should understand the importance of an elite quarterback. But he's not in the Hall of Fame, and I think he feels that he never got credit for those those championships because he had the quarterback. So I think the rest of his career he spent with mid-quarterbacks like Brian Greasy and Jake Plummer trying to prove that his scheme was the reason, and he couldn't prove it. And I think Kyle fell in the same thing. Let me – he always had a quarterback that he could take credit for. Jimmy had a good game. No, Kyle had a good game. Kyle set him up. But with Trey and quarterbacks like that, a lot of times you just have to be like, hey, man, dude made a play. I drew up something. It didn't work. He made something out of nothing. What Kyle needs to understand is, man, you picked this guy. You developed him. Whatever Trey does, you get credit for it. So maybe I think RG3 is right. I think this is a big step for him. Yeah, step. huge step. And again, you can't be as controlling. I see someone in the comments say, man, y'all are thinking too highly of Trey Lance. And they're not so much thinking too highly of Trey Lance. It's just more so, one, we know, we know the potential. How do we get him to reach that? His full potential. And I think it is Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, go, drill him. Be hard on him. Yeah. But also, allow him to do the things that made him successful in college. I get it. FCS level. But we're talking about a guy who completed 67% of his passes. Uh, you know, yep. uh, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, passing. Yep. Another 15 touchdowns, rushing, whatever. Like, yep. he played very well. Let him be free and be that guy throwing the ball. And I think you'll start to see the best version of him as opposed to someone who's playing tight because Kyle is like, no, do this, do that. Jake Plummer said it. Remember, he was like, right. man, I never felt – he said he felt – this is Jake Plummer's quote on Mike Shanahan. He never felt good enough. Nothing he did was good enough for Mike Shanahan. And that's tough, man. It's tough to right. play quarterback that way. Uh, yeah. Um, the last thing RG3 said that I thought was interesting, he's, he's so perceptive. He's like, look, Trey Lance is going to be able to run the offense I ran with Kyle and the offense Jimmy ran with Kyle. And I think that's that's probably the main reason Kyle watered him. I think theoretically, if Lance works out, he can sort of be the bridge between these two different offenses that Kyle created. The, the offense for the stationary quarterback and the offense for the, for the spread uh, zone read quarterback. And theoretically, he can do both. He can do the Matt Ryan stuff, the play action downfield stuff. He can do the the zone read. And wow. I mean, if, if he can do it all at an above average level, you can't stop that offense. It's too much. Theoretically. It's too much. Right. Yeah. Anyway. It's interesting to me. I got something else I want to ask you. This is just an observation. When national talking heads, even local people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, very complimentary. They'll be like, hey, he's not perfect but he's great at this and great at that. And he's the best leader and he's so handsome and he's a great guy. But then the league, when it's time to like actually make a move for this guy or trade for him, every, every team is like, no, thanks. So why, why do, why does the media like this player so much more than the league does? It's amazing to me. Why do you think it is? Is You know, the weird thing is the media didn't like him as much until they drafted Trey Lance. Before right. that, it was, he's the reason that they're holding the 49ers back. Right, Ryan uh, Clark Jimmy Garoppolo right? has to play better. Yeah. Um, I remember one offseason, even after the winning uh, or going to a Super Bowl, yeah. the question is this quarterback better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, this quarterback's definitely better than Jimmy G. Would you rather have this guy or Jimmy? There were a lot of these comments. I'm like, man, where are all these conversations yeah. coming about, uh, yeah. coming from? But now all of a sudden, 
Jimmy's great, and he's a winner, and yeah. he, you know, always plays at a high, whatever the case is. But that was not the narrative prior to drafting Trey Lance. He, Jimmy was the person holding the 49ers back in the media. I know even that frustrated me at times because I wanted to see him continue to grow as a quarterback. I just don't think he ever did. Yeah, but I think you brought up something very interesting. I mean, ever since Trey Lance got here, there's this like revival of the Jimmy Garoppolo mythology. And all of a sudden he can do no wrong. And it doesn't matter how many teams turn their nose up at it. How many teams are like, nah, we're good. We don't really want Jimmy Garoppolo. You can have him. There, there are very prominent media people who hold on to the notion that he's great. Or at least say it. I, I don't understand. Maybe maybe John Lynch just has so many friends in the media that he he's getting these people to like try to build up Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value. Like, come on, man. Help me out. We're friends. You want me to succeed? Well, I have well, no I think idea. Teams see him and they yeah. see him in some of the biggest moments. And I have like his playoff stats pulled up here. And it's not it's not great. When you look at it, it doesn't look like something where you're like, oh, this team has a playoff success because of their quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has started in six playoff games with the 49ers. He's won four of them, lost two. That's actually not bad. Four playoff wins, that's good. You look at the numbers, and 60%, he completed 60% of his passes in that time. That's not quite Jimmy, right? Nah, Jimmy is a quarterback that, that accuracy, yeah. You know, he's very accurate. Uh, yeah. You know, he completes closer to 70% of his passes as opposed to 60. But in the biggest of moments, things start getting a little tight. Uh, the circle, you know, the everything is higher. The stakes are higher. He completed 60% of his passes. In, and in six games, he's thrown four touchdowns to six interceptions and with a 74 uh, uh, passer rating, right? Like those numbers are not, they're not great. That doesn't speak to someone who's leading a team in the postseason but a lot of teams when they're sitting down execs whatever maybe they're out of it and they're looking at man we can go get jimmy garoppolo and then you watch them and you're like mm, it doesn't look like what people are telling us we're getting from him right like there could be so that. There's, so there's the we, playoff stuff and you also saw that video that was circulating of his 10 longest throws from last year <laughs> yeah i, I feel like they kind of left some stuff off but yeah for the most part that's yeah teams know i saw the video oh, okay, <laughs> it was like interceptions overthrows like yeah I, and when the media talks about him, they talk about his record and his face relentlessly. I really don't think teams talk that way about quarterbacks. Uh, we need to bring Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a handsome guy. That's the kind of guy we want in our season tickets. Like, I really don't think teams – maybe they do. I don't think they do. I don't think if they do. If I were a team and I was looking for a quarterback and what I would sell my team on or, you know, why we should go after Jimmy Garoppolo – is because there are a few things that I think he has that definitely help result in wins. Where he, I don't think he's necessarily the reason, but there's a couple of things that he definitely brings. One, you know he brings that leadership. His 49er players, his teammates, they love him. right? So leadership, and I think that's a big thing in the sense of getting players to follow you no matter yeah. where you're going, even if you yeah. aren't very good in the playoffs, but they believe you are because you're such a great leader. So he brings that. Uh, I think he's very tough. You see some of the things that he played with, and again, guys can get behind that. Now, Martellus Bennett didn't get behind yeah, that in New England because he went the other way. But with, you know, what the 49er players have seen, they've seen a guy that's extremely tough and maybe played some games where he shouldn't have. Uh, so there's that aspect of it. And then just kind of this grittiness. So I think those are certain things right there where if I'm a team, I'd sell myself on that uh, as, a, as far as, you know, trying to get him. I think, uh, you know, there's a clear area where you kind of have to win. Remember the 49ers early in the season, they had no identity. 
Right. And they were losing, and they were three and five. And it's like, what's their, what's their identity situation all messed up? And then the next three games, they win because they run the ball 40 times. Yep. So for a quarterback who everybody's saying, oh, they win with this guy. Like, he's the reason why they just win. They just win. Where they're telling you, well, we win when we run 40 times with him. Right? Exactly. So, you know, exactly. there's that element of it too. But I think there is a clear area where if you do certain things well enough and things are good around him, like you can win he just won't ever yeah. truly be the reason and if i'm a team and i have aspirations of maybe saving my job because i need to make the playoffs he is a guy that i would probably try and go get yeah like if jimmy garoppolo is your quarterback you know that your game plan every week is to find a way to run the ball as much as possible because the more you throw the more times he's going to throw that pass to the linebacker that he may or may not catch you can't have him throwing more than 30 times a game on average. It's got to be down closer to 25, and that's your magic number. That's a tough place to be. It's hard to win that way. And then when if you get to the playoffs, you pretty much have to erase him from the game plan altogether because he's a liability. So, I mean, he might save your job. He might give you a, a good, respectable season, but ultimately you're not going to win the Super Bowl with him. He's not in his 20s. He has no upside. To me, he's a waste of time for any team. Including the he's, he's not because everybody's situations are a little different, right? Perfect example. Uh, Kyle Shanahan last year. He was he had one winning season in four years. I have to have a winning season. That's a good point. He didn't have the luxury yeah. of going out and playing. A, even if he felt like, man, Jimmy Garoppolo, man, it's so hard to win yeah. with him. Man, like designing and scheming things up and how teams are defending him and keeping guys in the box, it's hard. But... I know I can win games with him right. as opposed to what I know I'm going to get from a rookie, which is a lot of unknown. So yeah. let me go in out there and he's going to save the way that I'm viewed. And next, you know, 49ers go True. to the NFC championship game. True. Uh, teams True. like I thought Washington commanders made a, had a great point. Like, okay, Ron Rivera is year three. If you don't have a winning season, you're out of there. So I thought Jimmy Garoppolo with that off with that defense that they have, man, like he makes a lot of sense for them. If you are a team that's like, Hey, our, our goal is Super Bowl, right? Like, um, say, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. when they, Obviously, they drafted Patrick Mahomes, right? We yeah. saw that. But let's say they didn't have Patrick Mahomes, and they just had Alex Smith. Well, they knew exactly what Alex Smith was. They would never trade Alex Smith and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They, because it's like, well, they, no, we're, we're trying to take a step above. We're trying to get more dangerous. We're trying to threaten teams in a different way. Jimmy... We still are going to need everything to be perfect around him. So we're not going to make that move. So he makes sense for certain teams if they need something, maybe a coach trying to save his job. But as far as a team where like 49ers, where they have Super Bowl aspirations, you can, I think you can win a Super Bowl with him, but everything got to be perfect. And that's just not ideal. Jimmy, Jimmy has a legit gripe. I'm just trying to see. I don't really try to see things from him from his perspective very much because got a hundred million dollars for doing very little but from his perspective he's like man kyle i saved your fucking job last season this is the thanks i get i played hurt your job was on the line i saved it and now like you still can't even release me you can't even cut me that's i, I that's I, why i think they will cut him I think they'll. I think ultimately they'll they'll let him go. And what they'll say is we want to give jimmy the best chance to find this, this the best situation for him Maybe if they do that, I'm going to roast them for not doing it four months earlier. But yeah, they could. Southside Tone says one moment Trey's making progress. Then it's reported he sucks. Then the next week he's doing great again. Shake my head. Just let him play. 
No, man, we got to have headlines in the off period. Sorry. This is a function of it being July 8th. Nothing happening. People wouldn't, this wouldn't be news if it was mid training camp. I'm just saying that. Uh, Swan Song says Browns fans hate Watson. What if Jimmy Garoppolo does too well? Browns fans are really pissed about that. I've noticed that. They're a little too mad about the Watson situation. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and it'll be that way for a while. I remember yeah. when Andy Reid signed Michael Vick, and there were fans outside protesting, never going to go to a game. Right. And next thing you know, when Michael Vick's there, you know, he's the backup for a while, does well, kind of changed the way he's viewed in the community. And then by the time he was a starter, Fan favorite. didn't nobody care about none of them damn dogs, <laughs> you know? So um, this is definitely different. It's a situation with women. Um, I'd assume that Pittsburgh fans were upset with Ben Roethlisberger when he was accused of rape and it uh, ultimately went away with a settlement. He was raping women in bathroom, all that stuff. So again, Legend. like people eventually will look past it. It just might take some time. So the Browns, you know, the fan bases have shown before they are forgive, forgetful, forgetful, at least to the point where uh, they get their fans back. Joshua R Rowan says, if you had to give a percentage zero to 100 after seeing Trey in practice this offseason, what's your opinion on how successful he will actually be? In his career, um, I think he could be in the – I think he – no, I've always said he has the, the highest ceiling of any quarterback I've ever seen. I don't know if he's going to reach his ceiling, but I think he has the potential to be in the 90s, you know, to be a, a Madden 95 guy, a Madden 97 guy. He could, he could do it. I'm not saying he will, but he – there's nothing he doesn't do well. I think he is accurate. I, I mean, you could nitpick his, his spirals, but I think he actually is accurate, and I think the numbers bear that out. Anyway, next question. We Hold disagree. on. Uh, Trey was never the one anyone wanted until he was selected. They just wanted no Mac Jones. Uh, I have tweets out there. I wish I knew how to put them up right now, but uh, I have a tweet that said that I would take Trey Lance over any quarterback in this class, and that, and that was before the draft. So, yep. uh, you know, that was just my opinion, finding out who he was oh, wow. as a person, being in NFL locker rooms and seeing why some guys are successful, even guys that might have more talent and they end up being a bust or whatever situation was. And when once they start diving into Trey Lance, the person, and you put that with the attributes that he has, I felt like he's the kind of guy that will overcome whatever he has to go through to end up being the best version of himself. So uh, I have a tweet out there that says, and somebody asked me, like, who would you take? And I'd say, I'd take Trey Lance over any quarterback in this class for those reasons. I got a hot take for you. I think you'll agree with me. Let's say Jacksonville last year shocked the world like they did this year and took Trey Lance number one instead of Trevor Lawrence. And Trey Lance went down to Jacksonville and had the exact same season that Trevor Lawrence just had. The same exact numbers of wins and losses. What will people say about Trey Lance right now? Bust. Bust. Terrible. Bust. Uh, worst, Trevor pick, Lawrence, worst number one pick in – he, he yeah. would be the worst number one overall yeah. pick since, right. I don't know, Jamarcus right. Russell or something or whatever. But anything and everything you could say bad about a player – they would have said that because so if you look thing. at what this, yeah. you look at Trevor Lawrence and, yeah. and what he did, you know, it, it wasn't a good season at no. all, but they're going to no. give him all the excuses or the reasons as to why it looked as bad. When I think, even if you aren't great your rookie year, I, I would assume that you would do better than that. And I mean, statistically, he was one of the worst quarterbacks out there in the NFL. Right, but these analysts have had their minds made up on these quarterbacks since before the draft. So there was nothing Trevor Lawrence could have done last year that was going to change people's opinion. 
He stunk in Jacksonville. It's not his fault. He's still talented. Yeah, that's probably true. But then again, same thing on the other side of the coin for Lance. There was nothing he could do last year, say being Patrick Mahomes. I was going to change people's opinions. So he didn't play. That's evidence that he sucks. Or if he had been in, in Jacksonville and played just like Trevor Lawrence, that's evidence that he sucks. So I think there's just a lot of like people confirming their biases uh, right, right now with young quarterbacks. So keep that in mind. And we this see is- that a lot with with guys. You know, I think even uh, Rich Gangrillo. You know, yep. with him out there and there's like, oh, I don't want Trey Lance, you know, this, that, and the other. And then you have to kind of continue to sell those things and say whatever you can to kind of push them down. Uh, unfortunately for him, or maybe fortunately, but we will see Trey Lance play. And we will get the chance to see for ourselves, you know, how he does. But there are a lot of guys that they need to be right about their opinion of a guy. Me, I could think a certain way about a guy. And if it doesn't work out, you know, wh- whatever. You Okay, what are you going to do now? And that's just the way I live my life. I'll be convicted about yeah, something, and I think too. this, and if it doesn't work out that way, then I pivot. Yeah. I came out to here to Mark, Arkansas Monticello to coach at the university, and it didn't end up working out. For yeah. I can't even tell you why, but I just had to pivot, and now I'm living a great life and doing all these other things that would have never happened. So you can't dwell on things. I think when it comes to Trey Lance, he's going to either work out or he's not, but yeah. at least give him a chance. They haven't even given him a chance yet. What really bothers me is this idea that maybe his position coach didn't want to coach him. You know, if, if you don't want to coach some professional athlete, fucking quit and let that athlete have the benefit of coaching someone, co- working with someone who wants to coach. Remember Winning Time? You watch Winning Time? Yeah. Okay. I love that show. And one of the best things about the Jerry West character, I mean, this is real. He quit. He didn't want Magic Johnson. He was wrong. But he quit. He's like, I'm not the right coach for this team. I suck as a coach. It's not the team I want. Hire someone else. That was the honorable fucking thing to do. I know I can't coach. I'm, I will not be the right coach for Magic Johnson. Bring in someone else. Yo, Scangarello, if you didn't want to coach Trey Lance, let someone else do it. Why are you doing it? Well, eventually he did. He did. Eventually he did, did right? He, he left did. to Kentucky. So That's true. Anyway, and I don't know that he didn't, so I'm just saying. Um, all right. We disagree about this. Croc thinks the 49ers will do the right thing and cut Jimmy Garoppolo. That is the right thing to do. It's what they should do. I'm very pessimistic. I think they are dug in and I think they're going to hold on to them. So let's just say I'm right just for the sake of conversation, because it's a lot more interesting if they hold on to them. If they cut him, it's over. It's someone else's. He's someone else's problem. If they hold on to him, how will they structure it? Will there be a quarterback competition? Will he participate in practice or will they keep him out in the, on the side and just say he's throwing? Uh, will he be active on game days or will they say, you know, we're just sort of keeping him in bubble wrap for the eventual trade? How do they handle that sticky situation if it comes to that? Man, that's so tough. Because, I mean, logic says, and I saw someone earlier, like, well, just let them go to camp and battle it out. Just have an open QB competition, right? And that's that's tough because Trey Lance needs every rep that he can get. The, The biggest thing is inexperience. And he needs as much throws in this offense. He needs as much time with Kyle Shanahan, understanding, hey, what does he do well? What doesn't he do well? And understanding, I think everybody thinks about the game plan, but also just calling plays around the strengths of your quarterback, just like he does with Jimmy. The, the way that Kyle, now some of the concepts are the same, but the way Kyle show, call, calls plays for Jimmy Garoppolo is still different than how he called plays and saw them working out with Matt Ryan. Like, like, you have to learn your quarterback. And the more you take reps away from Trey Lance because you want this quarterback competition, the more you, the less you know about where he's at and the things that you need to do to have a successful season calling plays for him. So 
I just think that that would be so bad. Bring him into that. You you already made your your bed with who you want at the quarterback yeah. position. It's Trey Lance. Yes. This season, you're trying to salvage the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo because you botched it with the trade. Kyle said that there were second round picks on the line and all that. Like, uh, not Kyle, excuse me, John. John, you're a liar. There weren't no second round picks <laughs> <laughs> offered to him, right? But you botched that whole situation and you, you're trying to figure out how to cut bait, whatnot, but you got to just cut bait with it. You got you to gotta just let it go. But they won't. I don't see a scenario. The only thing I can think of where I'd be like, okay, you got to have Jimmy. Is if right now, knock on wood, Trey Lance gets hurt and he just can't throw. True. And it's like, all right, well, Jimmy, let's go. But aside from that, man, you gotta go all in, man. You gotta go all in. I know you in. do. But here's I know I you're saying though, what, what happens if they keep him? I don't even know what that looks like. I let me try my best to paint that picture. It's an it's an absurd picture, and I know that's everyone's question. So this is what I think they're gonna try to do. They're gonna say. I mean, unless Cleveland comes through with an offer in the next two weeks, right? Right? Maybe Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the year. Cleveland comes through. End of story. But it's, if that doesn't happen, I think what they're going to say is, look, yeah, he's, you know, he's clear to throw, but he hasn't thrown in five months. Like he needs to build up his arm before any team's going to trade for him. He's not 100% yet. So we don't want him. We want to trade him. We're going to have him rehab at our facility or maybe away from the facility. But he's still on our team and he's going to be throwing and we're going to give him ball boys and he – we're going to have a plan and we're going to gradually build up his arm strength. And hopefully some team trades for him during the preseason. If not, I think they, this is where it gets weird. If some team doesn't trade for him during the preseason, I think they'll keep him. Maybe they'll try to slash his salary. I don't see why Jimmy would agree to it. I think he'd rather leave. Um, but when they could keep him as like, like the Texans did with Watson last year, you're just inactive. You're just inactive. And if a team loses a quarterback and they want to make a trade, boom, Jimmy's available. If Trey Lance gets hurt, Boom, Jimmy's available. Or if he flops, that's your hedge. You say it's just a trade, but really it's because you don't know what's going to happen with Trey. And if something bad happens, you can pivot. And I think that's terrible because as long as Jimmy's in the like technically on the roster, again, you're going to have oh the arm fatigue, the spiral, the this, the that. There's going to be a lot of um, nitpicking until he's gone, I think. Right. And the crazy thing is Jimmy it was like five straight interceptions in the practice. And it's like, nah. No, Doesn't we can matter. deal with that, but this wobbly ball, no, can't can't deal with that. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the Niners are going to try to pull off what I just described? Or I know you don't think they'll try to, but do, I mean, is it even if 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 they are going to do it, that would be the best way to go about the best it. Best way to do it, right? Yeah, and remember, I mean, you know, we forget how the 49ers got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, the New England Patriots kind of knew that this was going to be a weird situation. You have Jimmy Garoppolo in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Teams are interested in them, but man, we got Tom Brady. What do we do? They knew they had to get rid of him. Well, they held out to the very last minute and traded him at the deadline. And I could see the 49ers potentially, if they have to have Jimmy on the roster then, teams by week eight might know a little bit more where they are at with their quarterback position. And they're like, you know what? Well, there's Jimmy Garoppolo over there with the 49ers. Let's go get him. We'll have to extend him somehow. But maybe that's a better situation for him and the organization that he's going to. They know more about their quarterback situation at that time. And maybe he can have a little bit more value. Maybe. I mean, I I just feel like they've said, we're not going to cut Jimmy. We're going to trade Jimmy. Jimmy's good. Jimmy's worth something. And they're, it's hard to go back after you said that so many times publicly. So they keep saying, look, he's just – the reason we haven't traded him yet is because he's still working his way back from that shoulder surgery. So don't rush us. The trade deadline is in freaking October. This was the plan all along. And we can afford this. I mean, a lot of teams spend more. This is what they're going to say. The Rams 
spend way more on quarterbacks than we are. The Rams had Jared Goff on their on their uh, salary cap. They had Stafford. They were spending like forty five million on quarterbacks and won the Super Bowl. Who? Why can't we spend thirty five million on quarterbacks? That's they're gonna say something like that. I'm like, yeah, you can, but doesn't it help Trey? I mean, the Rams didn't have a choice. They had to spend that money on Goff. You can cut Jimmy, get rid of him, put that money into players that'll help Trey. You didn't do that. I really don't think having an expensive backup is the best way to help a quarterback, but I don't know. It's not. And it's not it's the best not. way to help a young quarterback's confidence no. either. Not no. when there are players that back Jimmy Garoppolo the way they do. Corey Sullivan. They are starting to back Trey Lance, though. I, I, I've, I'm listening to their tone and things that they're saying and some of the leaders and how they're speaking up and some of the things that they say about Trey Lance. I think that's very encouraging if you're Trey Lance. But don't you sort of take as a player, like take your cues and tone from like the, the coaches. And if you're, if you're there and you're like, Oh, well they don't want, they told Jimmy to stay away. They gave Trey all the reps. They must like Trey. I'm allowed to say something nice about Trey now, but if they bring Jimmy back, does all of a sudden players are like, well, what the fuck do they really think about Trey? Like, what are we doing? I, how does yeah. Kyle really feel? You know what I'm saying? It's tough, Maybe too, because this one has crazy. played out in the media a lot more than what yeah. I dealt with in New York. You know, when I was in New York uh, that year, they did draft Geno Smith, and they had Mark Sanchez, and they had been to multiple AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez. Right. And there was a quarterback competition. And I, rem I remember that, you know, and – but I don't remember the players caring. <laughs> like, you know, like, I can't worry about that. I got to, I have to do my job. Sure. Like the 49ers, this is, and maybe because their their players are asked about it so much, but I've never seen anything play out in the media the way that this has. When I was with the Jets, and that's a huge market. They were always talking about Tim Tebow up until Tebow got cut when I was there. Uh, right. You know, they're always talking about these other things. Huge market. But the, the players and the quarterback situation and that, whole QB battle. I don't know the player. I, I don't remember anybody talking about it. I never talked about it with anyone. It was just like, man, I got to focus on, hey, okay, show Muff Bluff. Where am I? Okay, I got to drop down here. Then how do I do this if they squeeze it to three? Like, I'm focused on that. Not yeah. these dang quarterbacks. Yeah, imagine you like, yeah, fans focus on that stuff. You, this was, that was your one shot of your dream. You're focused on you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I, I just wonder how a lot of these players, again, players are focused on themselves when they get to the uh, the podium. So what do you think of Trey? What about Jimmy? Who's your quarterback? Hey, can we talk about something else, please? Do I just have to come up here and talk about a position that I'm not focused on? I'm focused on me. They do not I care, too. I promise you. Those players do not care. They don't care. Just tell me who the quarterback is so I can <laughs> so I can know. Corey says, it seems to me these reports mean absolutely nothing. Media inventing narratives during the drought. I wouldn't exactly call Coward a credible source. I wouldn't go that far, man. These guys are extremely connected. They don't. They could just call. I mean, he worked with John Lynch at the same place. He's had Mike Shanahan on his on his show multiple times. John Lynch wrote a book about Mike Shanahan. These guys have, you know, it, it would be irresponsible to have someone's number and not even try to call. I'm just saying this. I wouldn't look at it that way. I don't think this is podcasters on the come up trying to make a name for themselves. Anyway, Josh says, did you see what Jimmy Ward said? Yeah. What are your thoughts on him saying he's going to test free agency? Do you think Niners... We'll do what they can get. Uh, I think he just means that when his contract's up, he's going to get a lot of money again, and that'll prove how good he is. I think that's all he means. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, people, yeah. I think the the narrative around Jimmy Garoppolo as far as, like, league-wide, I think what he's saying is, like, teams will value sure. me value me more yeah. than PFF yeah. in their rankings. Yes. So yeah. the rankings can say whatever, but if I hit free agency, I'm getting paid. Yeah, that's the real ranking right there. 
All right, last topic, and this is again from the Colin Cowherd podcast with Mike Silver. Mike Silver had a lot of information, so did Cowherd. This was speculation, um, although he was very confident about it. And he said, you know, I wonder why Debo Samuel was so mad and so intent on getting paid right now. Mike Silver's expert opinion is that uh, Debo is at least partially upset about this quarterback switch. That say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. He gets the ball to Debo Samuel where he thrives and that Trey Lance might not, those tight spaces over the middle. Debo's numbers might go down, and he might be upset about it. I mean, this is just straight-up speculation. Buy or sell it. Uh, Debo, I'm, I'm buying it because Debo, you know, he went to South Carolina. He didn't really have great quarterback play there, right. and he right. did his thing. Yep. And then he goes to the 49ers, and since being with the 49ers, the, the two years that he was healthy – are the two years that Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. Yep. And all he knows is, hey, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I played very well. Hey, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I had an 1,800-yard season between True. receiving and rushing. Yep. So <clears throat> I don't want to go away from that. Why yeah, would we change what's working for me? There you go. You know, so yeah. from that standpoint, that. you know, like, hey, like, Jimmy, great leader, great guy. Like, you know, we're, we're cool. He returns my text messages. I don't know about Kittle. He uh, the this is the guy, like, yeah. Why why would you get rid of him? So I, I'd see it again. And that goes back to players don't really care about all that extra stuff. At no. the end of the day, hey, Trey Lance can be whatever y'all think. I don't know. I know Jimmy's making me some money right now. Yeah. So, so I'll keep him. I will say True. this, as a, you know, Trey Lance, when you look at Debo's numbers with Trey Lance, they weren't bad. He no. had, what, 150, 160 yards in that Seahawks game. Uh, 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 Lance threw two touchdown passes to him. Had uh, another touchdown, a long touchdown reception against the Texans. Had a rushing touchdown against Arizona in that start by Trey Lance. So he scored four touchdowns and was very productive yardage-wise, over 200, down to 300 yards, whatever it was, in two and a half games. So I, I don't know. There was another couple passes. I think uh, I think one in the uh, Cardinals game where he hit him on the slant and he just flat out dropped it. Yep. And then he, there was a screen pass that hit him on the hip. And he just flat out dropped it, and that probably would have been a touchdown. So I think there's some missed opportunities there as well. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, think people the, are looking at it. I think Debo will ball with whoever's that quarterback. I agree. If Silver said it, I think there's truth to it. I think if Debo really feels that way, he needs to think this through. Because the with Jimmy, yeah, like Debo can thrive, I think, with any quarterback. He's that good. But with Jimmy, like all you could do, Debo, was run slants and play running back. That's And you're great at those things. But you can still do that with Trey Lance, but you're also going to be getting the ball down the field uh, deep outside the numbers. And I think it's going to benefit your career and also your legacy and the perception of you. Because right now you could have an all pro season, but people will still say, even your Niner fans, well, as a pure wide receiver, he's not even top five. His route running, the, 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 the red zone production, you know, he's a great gadget guy, great running back. But if you take that away, is he still elite? Well, you're going to be able to prove that with Trey Lance. You're never going to be able to prove that with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think with right. Trey Lance, if you stay healthy, he could put you into Canton, Debo. And I don't know that you would make it there with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think this is – look what happened to Cooper Cup when Matthew Stafford got there. I th I anticipate that happening with Trey Lance uh, – with Jimmy uh, Debo. I could be wrong. J Debo, if I were him, I would focus on what I can control. And, and that's being the best version of you. Yep. And I saw this picture, man. I don't think he meant to have this picture out there. It was like somebody he was training with. And Debo's... 
Uh oh, are you? Am I still here? Yeah, no. Tell, say what you're gonna hear. I know what you're gonna am say. I yeah, you're here. You're here. You're here. Cammy, what happened? Where'd he go? Oh, he was about to say that Debo's overweight. Oh man, Debo shut him down. Debo's watching the stream. No, don't go. You hear? I can hear you. Where you at? Am I here? Parker. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right. Um, I was connected to the it. wrong internet the whole time. I was oh. waiting for something like that to happen. I just connected to the right one. Once it paused, I connected to the one from my office. But anyways. Uh, it's the climax of the show. What are you going to say? I know. Uh, damn, it kind of threw me off my train of thought. No, you saw a picture. Oh, the picture. Yes. The picture. So I don't think he meant for this. Oh, no. You know, it was the trainer posted it. And it's, one, it's focused on one athlete. And he's like doing a box jump. Right? And he's mm -hmm. jumping up there. He looks all athletic. And he's looking behind. I'm like, man, was somebody uncle back there. That looked like, that's Debo Samuel. Like, he was round as hell. I'm like, okay, he got to really ramp it up, you know, before training camp. So, uh, that's you know, be the best version of you, you, Debo Samuel. That's what I would. And, and if you do that, you're going to have a great year. I want to say something, and this is unconfirmed. I don't know for sure, but I heard that in 2020, when Debo had all the issues and was, you know, pulling muscles, he came into either mini camp or OTAs at 2:30. I can't confirm that, and they freaked out. So well, he, he 2:15 usually. Na they, naturally, they he's someone that's he's just stockier. He's just built healthier. He's and stockier. I remember one of my buddies that that uh, was around him in college at South Carolina. Uh, you know, he told me like, "Hey, man, he, you know, his weight can go up when he's not doing stuff." So right. you know, he just has to be on top of that. And yeah. uh, you know, part of it is. The, the off season, I've been around this as well. So I don't want to, you know, he looked a little round in that picture, but maybe, okay, yeah. he, he just might, he just might end up being round. And if he was round playing last year, it didn't make a difference. He had a great year, one of the best years in 49ers history. So maybe, maybe it's nothing, but. I thought uh, he was in phenomenal shape last year. I thought you he know, saw the bag in the distance. He was in great shape and he did what he needed to do. He needs to do that again. 2020, year. I think some of the issues stem from that broken foot. True. And he broke his foot, and and then I think that kind of hurt Why'd him he with his, his conditioning. I, I heard he was carrying a little extra weight in 2020. That's what I heard. Right. Why'd he break his foot? Anyway. I have seen this, though. I will say that. And this is me giving Debo the benefit of the doubt. Great player, phenomenal player. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I remember Aaron Berry. All right? I was on the Jets. Aaron Berry was, was on the Jets. He was a cornerback. And he was kind of round during OTAs and stuff. And I'm like, damn, these dudes got kind of round. Then he yeah. comes to training camp, and he got eight-pack. He's ripped up. Right. So maybe oh, yeah. Debo might do something like that where, all right, I'm just relaxing. I got to heal my body. I took a punishment. Yeah. I was limping at the end of the damn Packers game. I mean, they're giving me the ball and, you know, he's fighting through it. He did everything he could to get through that season. He was, I mean, he still was balling against the Rams, all that. Right. And offseason comes and I got to give my chance, my body a chance to recover. So I'm just going to chill. And when he chills, his weight goes up. Yeah. And maybe by the time training camp starts, He's back in shape, and there are no issues. What I heard, though, is he, he came in overweight in 2020, and the Niners were so concerned about it. and so They basically blamed him and felt like, dude, you're unprofessional. You do not take care of your body consistently. So what, they, what I heard was they were hoping they could just get one good season out of Debo and trade him. They didn't anticipate Debo doing what he did, and they put him in a tough position. It's like, wow, okay, so when you're motivated, you're the best player in the league, but – are you going to be 2021 Debo every year or 2020 or go back and forth? And just based on the stuff he's done this off season and the picture she's shown, it's like, uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a legit question. Yeah. It's a legit question. And I've heard, I've heard some of that too, about some of their plans. And again, if you just kind of 
Yeah. Read between the lines on some things, right? Yeah. And just how teams are constructed. Yeah. If you think that you're going to extend Debo Samuel or you're going to pay him a ton of money or you might have to make him one of the highest paid receivers in the league, right? are you drafting Brandon Ayuk first round? Trading up for him? No. No. Not necessary. So, yeah. yeah. I think he really exceeded expectations this last year. And now that the Niners are like, okay, great. You can be the greatest player. But are you going to do that again? And if not, what are we paying for? That's a legit question. And <clears throat> I think that's why he showed up to minicamp. I think he's trying to show, I am professional. I am worth the money. Well, good. Just don't be 230. We have one last question. Novin says, why is Jimmy still on the team? Kyle, is Kyle says this, man. And, and I had to say this to a Cowboy fan the other day. He's like, man, they can't decide between their quarterbacks. I'm like, listen, Kyle said, I still expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded. And for a head coach to just come out in the media and say that and answer that question live, I mean, I, it sounds like once he's healthy, he won't be on the team. We'll see. But that's what Kyle said. I expect him to be traded. I expect him. <laughs> to me, cutting Jimmy is just embarrassing. You said you wouldn't do it. You could have done it months ago. You did it at the very end. It looks embarrassing. If you hold on to him forever and never trade him and he just goes away, you could be like, well, we could have got a third round pick for him, but you never know it. You know, we needed him as a backup. They can just never take that L. I just don't think they're going to take the L, Crocker. I think they should. I don't think they will. I would. I'd take that L. Belichick would. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, all right, I was wrong. Move on. Right. And and teams, uh, Arizona Cardinals with Josh Rosen, and they were like, ah, we, trade, we drafted him top 10. Whatever, let's go get uh, Kyler Murray number one overall. Okay, yeah. we we're wrong. Jay York is the master of this, admitting he was wrong. Okay, I fired uh, it's true. Jim Harbaugh. That was kind of a mistake after hiring Tom Sula. But you know what? I'm not going to compound this mistake. I'm going to fire Tom Sula, right? Yeah. Then you hire Chip Kelly, and it's like, damn, I was wrong again. I'm going to fire Chip Kelly, right? But yeah. at the very least, he's admitting he was wrong in those situations. And, you know, you can applaud a guy for that. What kills me about the Niners is they essentially admitted they were wrong with Jimmy when they traded up for Lance. But they're acting like they didn't do that. They're like, hey, just because we traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance, that doesn't mean we don't like Jimmy. We love Jimmy. He's it's like, shut up. We're not yeah. that. Stop gaslighting us. They really think that they can say whatever to fans, I guess. In most markets, fans just eat it up. But Niner fans are smart, man. We've been around too long. Yeah. Expect too much. Croc, thanks so much for doing the show with me. I appreciate it, man. This was a good one. All right. See you next week. Hold on. Someone right at the buzzer. Official oh. BNA Music 88. Big big friend of the show says, all this because Trey dumped, <laughs> dumped his daughter. I meant to ask you that. Me is supposed to be unbiased observer, not a part of the story. That's Journalism 101. F. Cowherd. Cowherd's think- opinion of Trey Lance. His if you his tone. I listen. I, you know, during that draft process, I listen to all this. I watch all these shows. His tone on Trey Lance definitely changed at some point. Uh... I don't know why. I heard the speculations about Trey Lance and his daughter. I don't know how true that is or not. I, I don't know. I've seen his daughter. I, you know, I could see Trey Lance being like, yeah, you know, I, but I don't know how true it is. But his tone definitely changed on Trey Lance. What so he was saying about Trey Lance as a player, as a person, all those things, it just, it went out the window. And I don't know why. Maybe it was because of the daughter. So pos- so it's possible that when he, when Lance and, and the daughter were, dating or whatever that uh colin was very positive i remember it being very positive about trey lance and then once they stopped dating 
or whatever, that's when Cowherd's tone took a 180. It's possible. And Cowherd isn't someone, I don't think his opinions come off of what other people, he, he forms his own opinions extremely well. Yes. And it might be hot takey sometimes or whatever, but I think his analogies are great with how he yeah. ties things together then talks about it and with the player. Like, typically he's really good with that. So even if he hears certain things, I use, you know, you hear him spin things in a different way to where it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense why this is being said or the way it is. But he's going in a totally different direction with, uh, with, with Trey Lance, that's for sure. Look, if this is true that he was dating Colin Cowherd's daughter and that's why he why Colin was initially positive about him and then they broke up and now he's like got an axe to grind. First of all, I can sort of relate. I don't have a daughter, but I could understand feeling that way. But also at the set, you got to compartmentalize that, Colin. Come on, man. You got a huge platform. You can't have I mean, you can't hold it. What do you think they're going to get married? You got to be prepared for this, uh, Colin. The Michael do? Michael B Jordan and Steve Harvey's daughter. They were they were together. Right. And when they broke up, Steve Harvey was like, listen, I don't got nothing bad. Like, you know, he hit my daughter. He didn't abuse her or anything like that. It just didn't work out. Like, I have yeah. no hard feelings. And you would like guys to go more about it that way than uh, to try to even the score, I guess. I would like to see someone ask Colin Coward the question because it's he needs to address it. You have an ax to grind against Trey Lance. Why? The coach says we all know why, bro. Play a Trey. Trey Lance was a great kid until he wasn't. <laughs> do not cross big members of the media, man. They will be out to get you the rest of their lives. I don't know what LeBron James ever did to Skip Bayless, but Skip won't leave him alone, ever. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Jimmy's wondering what I what he ever did to me. Nothing, Jimmy. You're a great guy. Sorry, it's not personal. The Romilia Sports Report says the York's Kyle John can't get the can't get no, right. No, Rams. We're not. Is that a Rams thing? Yeah, he's. We're he's not going to do that. Uh, the Rams lost six straight times to the 49ers, and they win one big game. Matter most, I get it. Now all of a sudden, the 49ers can't get it right. A team that has been to two NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl uh, twice in the last three years, like, but they can't get it right. Come on, man. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. The Rams guy's cool. He's been on like a nonstop champagne bender since February, man. It's a very big win for the Rams. I respect it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because you're probably going to lose to the Niners at some point this year. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Croc, <laughs> thanks a lot. I'll uh, see you soon. Peace, everyone.